Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to Somebody Save Us, a Smallville retrospective podcast where each and every week we take a deep dive into every single episode of the hit TV series Smallville. And this week we are talking about episode 16 of season one, Stray, uh, written by Philip Levins and directed by Paul Shapiro. And it originally aired for the first time on April 16th, 2002. And we're going to get talking about it right after this. Hey, Steve, how's it going? I'm doing well, my friend. How are you? Great. Good. Another, it's another week and another episode. So another episode of Smallville. Yeah, yeah. A good so, one, actually. I, I enjoy this episode quite a bit. Yeah, like, I have a weird thing with, like, episodes where it's, like, there's, like, a child actor who is, like, the guest and, like, isn't necessarily, like, it basically is an annoying character. Um, And, like, Ryan frequently in this episode gets into that annoying zone. And so I probably liked it a little less than you did, but it definitely does tug the heartstrings a bit. Um, I can see at times where he gets slightly annoying, uh, and I, I kind of understand what you mean. But there, I think he's like, for his age, a decent actor for sure. Yeah. Um, I think he portrays the character really well, and there are one or two moments of him that I'm just like, okay, this is pretty, pretty endearing mm-hmm. or pretty or hitting pretty hard. Uh, and there's one scene late in the episode, and I've got a note on it somewhere, and we'll get to it with the recap, obviously, where he just nails it. Like, yeah. nails it. And I'm like, oh my god, this kid's got skills. Yeah, yeah. It it feels like there were times, like, maybe it was shot out of sequence, and, like, there, were, there are times where they really got some good work out of him. And again, yeah, he does have, like, an enduring career. Like, he is... He was on the the revival of Teen Wolf. Oh, really? Like not not as the titular Teen Wolf, but as like the like a deputy or something like that. So he was in a bunch of episodes of that show. I was so actually has, wondering while watching this because he did such a good job. I was like, I wonder if this kid went on to do anything else. So that's good to know. Yeah, yeah. As recently as 2017, at least. So. Yeah, uh, but yeah. So cold open. Uh, we cut, get a close up on a, a kind of small gold statue of an, ang- ang- like an angel, I think it is. And, uh, we see that a kid is trying to pawn it and the pawnbroker is kind of taking a look at it and tells him that, uh, maybe he could give him like 50 bucks for it, but he should maybe tell his mom that it's a fake, um, because it's not real gold. Um, and the kid looks downcast and says, oh, I can't. She's dead. Yeah. yeah. That, that was my, the first like line he says. And I was like, ooh, is it really going to be this cringy? Like, it is, like, cause that line's not delivered well, in my opinion. And then I realized, oh, no, wait, this is probably part of the con. Like, they're conning this, right? But you do find out yeah. later that, no, his, his mom's dead. So yeah. then I was just really confused about that part of the show. I'm like, well. The performance didn't match because he seemed like he was in on the con, but he really should be sad that his mom's dead. 
Yeah, well, I mean, that's the thing is uh, the in the best cons, there's got to be an element of truth. So maybe they seized upon that, like his dad, quote unquote. Because that's the thing is for the most of this most of this episode, you don't even know the name of the dude, so you just call him dad, right? Well, he's it's just yeah, it's like his stepdad, right? Yeah, yeah, but yeah, the old man feels a bit of sympathy hearing this and bumps his offer up to sixty bucks, being you know the typical shrewd pawnbroker. He's not going to give him too much. Uh, boy nods at an agreement. Um, and, uh, as the old man leans down to work the combo, we see what the real goal was all along. Cause the camera pushes in on his face and a kind of a look of satisfaction appears there. Uh, and then we see him outside running to a waiting truck and there's a man and woman side and it's his step parents, I guess. Um, and he immediately tries to kind of hide behind a warrior angel comic um, and it gets ripped away by dad. Um, this guy is an interesting character because he actually will show up later in the series again, playing a different character. Oh, really? He will be playing the star spangled kid at some point. Really? Yeah. I did not know that at all. I like, I yeah. knew the guy does look familiar. So he must've been like, uh, again, another one of those like Vancouver based actors who just kind of yeah. bounced around from TV shows in the nineties. But, uh, but like he looked exactly. familiar. I didn't realize that he had, he does a, like a multiple stint on, on Smallville. That's got to be pretty on, rare. He's been on all of the cop shows. So, oh really? Yeah. All of them. But yeah. So like, uh, but yeah, he asks, you know, he, he asks him for the combination um, and then gets the comp, you know, throws the comic back at him, kind of saying patronizing to him, like, good boy. And they kind of they, they kind of lock and load their weapons and they put on masks. I'm actually not sure if the mom puts on a mask, too, because we don't really see her face as they walk toward the. You uh, would assume. Like... But yeah. He's kind of sitting in the back, and I think it's part of this is weird because it's like either he like feels a hunch or maybe something else. He gets his stuff out of the truck and runs up to the window, uh, where inside we kind of hear a commotion, and then we actually see the pawnbroker broker like running at kind of like a full sprint toward the counter, and then just getting a face full of buckshot. I wonder if maybe Ryan sensed that they were Here? just going to kill the old man regardless. Like it was like already in their mind. It's like, I don't know. Oh, he'll open the safe. I'll kill him. We're good. Yeah. I, I wonder. Cause you'd think then if that was the case, rather than running up to the window, he would have just ran straight like through that fence in a way, the way he did. Um, but yeah, they see, they see him squeezing through the fence and they give chase. Um, it's kind of we learn that his name is Ryan at this point because he's being called out by them. Um, as um, but as he's trying to cross a road coming out of the trees, he gets hit by a car, and that car is driven by Martha Kent. Yeah, my note for this is oh shit, Martha killed a kid. <laughs> Followed up by he should have looked both ways. Kids, it's actually serious when you're crossing the street. Look both ways. I almost got hit by a bus once. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, so she very quickly checks that he's in one piece and then just picks him up and tosses him into the car. I'm like, Martha, seriously, like you should like you can't move somebody. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're technically you're really not supposed to. And I mean, I thought the same thing. I'm like, what are you doing? You can't move somebody in that 
kind of situation, Again, the, the you could do way more damage. This um, is the pre. This is the the pre cell phone world, though. So, what's she supposed to do? Exactly, exactly what I was thinking too. She probably doesn't have a phone, and she's in the middle of like a farm road, like a range road in the middle of nowhere. There's really no choice. Yeah, but yeah. So she picks him up, puts him in the car, and uh, as they speed away, uh, the parents of the year run up. Uh, they find his shoe, and it looked like by the way, uh, like the dude was squinting that they may have clocked her license plate. Uh, and then we get the opening. Yeah. Cause it might've been the license plate, but even then, cause, and I'm sure they explain it a little later. I think it, it's just coincidence. Is it, isn't it that they find their way to Smallville? Like they don't go to Smallville looking for Ryan because right. my first indication too was like, well, how would they know? <laughs> How to get to Smallville, well, unless I they saw the license plate. I think they're in Smallville, though, possibly. Like, the pawn shop may have been, like, on the outskirts, and that's why oh. Martha was there. Like, uh, it's possible that they were... But I think, yeah, I think it's less clear that Ryan would necessarily still be in Smallville or where he would be. So I think maybe their happen happening to find him might be more of a coincidence, but we'll get more into that. But yeah, so um, I guess, yeah, it's the opening. And then right after that, we are in the hospital um, and he's sitting on a hospital bed and outside the room, the Kents are kind of standing there kind of getting some advice um, from the doctor. The doctor believes that he doesn't actually have pure amnesia, but that it's more likely post-traumatic stress and that his memory will come back within... 24 to 48 hours. This, but, uh, the, yeah. the doctor that they're talking to, I believe, reoccurs quite a bit. Yeah, yeah. She definitely shows up in a few episodes. Also, I believe, I want to say she was on Battlestar Galactica. I'm going to bring up Battlestar uh, a lot, because there is a lot of crossover between the shows as far as actors go, and Battlestar was just amazing. Um, yeah. Another thing I like is that Ryan's sitting there, and they're all talking about him, and he's just kind of like casually looking at them. He knows everything they're saying. Yeah. Like every, you as a viewer don't really know this yet. I don't. Well, I mean, you kind of do, I guess, because he got the combination for the safe. Mm -hmm. But they haven't really explained what Ryan can do yet. So it's it's just kind of a cool thing to retroactively go back and go, oh, yeah, he totally knows everything they're they're, they're saying right now. Yeah. Or at least the surface level of what their brain is thinking about. Right. That's yeah. how it works. Except for Clark, of course. Um, but uh, the the doc pulls the cancer aside. And points out some injuries likely sustained through physical abuse. And that he may not want to remember. But with nowhere for him to go but a juvenile cell. The Kents offer to take him in until child services can come and collect him. Which seems odd. I don't see that as being very legal. <laughs> yeah, you'd think like it's a hospital. Like it's a small community hospital. You'd think that unless a pressing need for that bed arises, he should be able to just sleep on that bed and stay in that room and they can get him magazines and shit. I mean, yeah, that, um, to that totally makes sense. Like, and then, again, he's under like the care of doctors and nurses and there's security there. So we're good. You can't just like give a minor away to people. No, <laughs> like even though no. it's like, Hey, it's, they're, they're, they're the Kents. They're outstanding members of the community. We know them. We love them. 
here's a here's a kid that no one knows kind of came out of the middle of nowhere looks like somebody's beat him but you can have him it's just a weird decision Mm -hmm. yeah so in the next scene and it's kind of really impressive what ryan has done here because he's managed to make a big breakfast without anyone knowing that he's doing this so he had to find all of the implements in a kitchen because everybody keeps shit in different places then he would have had to make this breakfast and still let it be a surprise somehow. Like, when did this kid get up? Three o'clock in the morning? Yeah, I was, yeah I was, when you started, like, going, okay, he did something amazing. And I started to actually, like, break down the logistics of it. And you're right, man. He beat farmers out of bed. <laughs> yeah. And Jonathan Kent is, like, one of those farmers that's, like, five o'clock in the morning. <laughs> yeah. What, what, the sun's up? No. The, I watch the sun come up. That's how early I get up. Like, yeah. Yeah, so good point. But my my only note on this is, oh shit, is that what having kids is like? Man, I need to knock somebody up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it it only gets to that point when they get to be about, you know, 10, 11 years old when they can actually not burn the house down and try to cook something. Oh, fair enough, I guess. Oh yeah, yeah there's a lot of taking care of them before that point. Yeah, exactly. And, and beyond that point, you can't just stop taking care of them. Oh, Steve. see, uh, I, should, I should not be a parent. So, do not have, do not have children, Steve. Do not. Um, uh, I, I'm take it from me. Do not. Um, beware, ladies. Beware. He's fertile. <laughs> you, you uh, will do all the work. You do oh, anyway. No. We know that. Yeah, yeah. Terrible, terrible. But uh, uh, Jonathan jokingly says he hopes some of this rubs off on Clark. Uh, and then Ryan guesses what each of them wants for breakfast and like, even like what Jonathan wants in his coffee, which after all the weird shit they've gone through has to come as something of a red flag, but they're just very impressed. Yeah. They don't, they kind of don't question it at all. It's like, wow, you're really good at this. And I, I would have immediately been like, okay, the kid is psychic. Yeah. And just as, just as Clark comes down. Um, and you see Ryan kind of following Clark, trying to read his mind. You can, by this point, you're starting to get it. Um, and he can't. Um, and the, kind of the look that crosses Ryan's face uh, has Martha asking if he's okay. Um, and then Jonathan kind of presses him on the night before if he really doesn't remember anything. And he gets like pretty defensive and just kind of leaves the table. And this is like one of those, it's one of those weird, like, things that happens on TV where somebody's like, I don't really want to talk about it. God. And they just get up and walk away. Nobody fucking does that. No one. Like, like, I mean, I mean, sure, maybe, but like, it just doesn't, doesn't seem like it fit the scene that great. I'm just like, kind of thinking back to like, every time women wanted to talk about emotions with me and I was like, ah, I don't want to talk about this. <laughs> the head for the hills. Uh, you're just like, I just got, you'd get up and you're t- pretending to stretch. You're just like, yeah, I just better uh, get going. And then there's the next thing, you know, there's a Steve size hole in the door. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or I make up but, the worst excuses like, uh, oh, I think I hear an orphanage burning. I, I got to go. Yeah. Yeah. But I guess the reason why it strikes it just struck me is maybe it's just kind of it's one of those those few scenes in this episode where his acting is not really up to snuff um like 
he goes a little too he goes a little too high with it and and it's just like okay it's not really believable and you'd think that given how upset he appeared to be when he left the table that Martha would have followed him but that is the cut. one thing that keyed me off yeah. uh, on the on like turned the whole scene on me is like really Martha Kent is not going to follow a child um in some sort of distress yeah but i mean it it kind of resolves a little bit but it it we get like a scene cut to uh, like an indeterminate amount of time later where Clark finds Ryan out by the barn sitting on the tractor. Um, and he's just reading his comic. And as Clark arrives, like Ryan is immediately like thinking the Kents want him to leave. Um, but Clark just kind of tries to reassure him that that's not the case. And then asks him about, about the comic and why he likes Warrior Angel. Um, This cover of warrior angel is awesome if you know your like dc history because it's it's an homage of um the cover for um crisis on infinite earths where superman is holding the body of supergirl when they kill off supergirl back in the 80s um so and then this is like i don't know the, the the like characters in warrior angel but it's definitely a like like pose for pose homage to that specific um, uh, comic book. Yeah, I couldn't. I I couldn't place it. I it, it's from the original Crisis series. Um. Well, because there's been a number of DC Crisis events, but this is specifically Crisis on Infinite Earths. Yeah. And like the the I want to say, it's either the penultimate um book in that series or it's the finale book in that series where they kill off Supergirl. Um, yeah. and it's Superman and I'm sure you've seen the picture, but it's Superman yeah. tears streaming down his face, screaming at the sky and he's holding like the dead body of Supergirl. Yeah. 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 No, I've definitely seen it. But yeah, I mean, they, yeah, again, like, yeah, they've, they've had a number of these because they've also reboot rebooted universes and. Oh yeah. 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 Done stuff like that. So, um, yeah, it's good to know. I, I mean. I like. I wanted to do more research on the comic covers because we get quite a few of them. This is the only one I caught, but it was the only one that really jumped out to me. Um, right. You're probably right, though. I shot as soon as that happened. I should have been paying more attention. Right, but uh, like after Clark finds out, you know, a little bit more about the comic, uh, he tries to kind of lighten the mood by, you know, coming and play a little ball. And there's kind of like a wholesome little scene while they're like Clark shows him how to throw a basketball and how to, you know, they start playing a little bit of pickup, you know, just one, one of them shoots, the other one shoots after, and he's kind of playing a little bit of big brother. And, and he looks like he would be a really good big brother. Yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, we're over at the hospital, the dad playing the role of private detective tries to get some information on Ryan, but the nurse is kind of rightly suspicious and stonewalls him before saying that she'll go get the doctor who would definitely like a word with him. And like the second she walks away, he like quickly runs over to where mom is waiting and they get the fuck out of there. So I think it's more to just establish that they know that Ryan is there. Yeah, uh, it's it, that that whole scene's kind of weird to me because, like, 
Yeah, I don't know. I something about it, and I can't remember what it is now, and I didn't write it down, which pisses me off. But I remember looking at it and going, "There's a huge hole in this scene somewhere." And I think it was about like how he presented himself, or like did he did she ask for um, identification? ID. Did he show any at all? He didn't provide any, and I think that's part of what her suspicion is because then she kind of immediately clams up and says that she's going to go go get the doctor. Okay, that makes sense. That makes it because I was just like, this lady's just going to give out information, and you're right, she doesn't actually give him anything. The only thing she gives him, though, is that Ryan was there. She kind of does give him something. We, okay, all right, yeah. yeah. So he gets enough. He doesn't get everything he wanted, like where he is, but. Um, and then we are back on the farm and we see, uh, Martha and Jonathan watching Clark with Ryan and Martha like wonders if they made a mistake, not adopting a second child, seeing how Clark is with him, like, you know, more wholesome stuff. Good, clean Kent living. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and at the mansion, uh, we see Lex or no, we see, yeah, Lionel walks into Lex's study and like right up to the desk and like try trying to get a little snoopy. Like he starts looking through the, the folder Lex has in front of him and Lex just kind of grabs all of it and closes the folder and gets up from his desk and, uh, and then like feeling a little defensive. Um, and Lionel kind of just sits down at his desk. Lionel's well, really, um, like as, as, um, as cocksure as Lex is, yeah. He's almost always dwarfed by when Lionel walks in. Like, Lionel owns a room. Yeah. And yeah. Lex is really good at it, but they, he's he's almost always one-upped by Lionel a little bit. It's I actually really love the dynamic, even though it really does hint at, like, a really toxic and broken father-son relationship. I think uh, it speaks a lot to John Glover's uh, portrayal of Lionel. Um and they actually go into a lot of detail about like the kind of like like Michael Rosenbaum's like relationship with his actual father versus his relationship with Lionel and John Glover on on the show on the episode of um, Inside of Inside of You by Michael Rosenbaum, like his podcast where okay. he talks to John Glover. It's a really good episode and it really shines a lot of light onto like their performance and how they acted with each other on set and all that stuff. Can uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, is is John Glover British? Uh he is. He's also gay. I didn't know that. Yes, uh but does and, he speak with like an English accent? Uh not really. Okay. I think he's 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 lived in the States long enough that he's it's not, uh, it's not apparent. Okay. Cause I, I um, he was, um, and I can't remember, I think it was, um, the new, the Batman movie that's coming out, the rebooted Batman movie. Mm -hmm. He was campaigning pretty hard to play Alfred in that. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I mean, I, he's a good enough actor. He could easily like fake an accent if he wanted to, but I was just like, well, maybe he's actually British and I just forgot. So. Yeah. Yeah. But no, that's a, if any, if anybody is interested in the kind of the dynamic of like Rosenbaum's acting as it pertains to, uh, like the kind of daddy issues that Lex has, uh, listen to that episode. It's really good. Um, but yeah, so, uh, Lionel is kind of there, like Lex is wondering what the hell he's even doing there, given that business is booming. And Lionel says that Lex's performance lately has been 
more than adequate, which uh, Lex comments on being like dangerously close to being a compliment. Yeah. Oh, it's I mean, as far as the series goes at this point, it's very high praise. Yeah. And then uh, kind of making a quick aside for a brief, brief, like Greek history lesson, uh, Lionel offers Lex the chance to return to Metropolis to take on a new position as special advisor to the chairman emeritus. And he's like, and that would be me. And Lex kind of, he says he'll think about it. But I think even at this point, it's pretty clear he's uh, he's not going to take it. But well, Lionel I think says Lex that any offer from Lionel is basically like a tampon. Like it's got a string attached. <laughs> I was wondering where you were going <laughs> I, with that. Is, gross, is that a dude. good analogy? Does that work for you? <laughs> yeah, it does. It does, and gross. But um, <laughs> I didn't say I didn't, it could be a fresh one. You don't know. Look, look, we know it's not. We know okay, it's, it's not. true. It's true. <laughs> and uh, Lionel says they don't need to play any games. And Lex is like, Dad, games are all we've got. Which is Which a nice. Again, a sad reflection of their. Well, yeah, I mean, they this this kind of carries over into the next episode, too, about their relationship. But we'll get there. When we I was get really there. surprised at how much the next episode carried over, actually. But like you said, yeah, we'll get there. Yeah. So and then we're back. We're over at the school and Chloe tries to use a historical reference to Casper uh, Hauser, a kid with amnesia from the 19th century. Um that, that, you know, he was, he walked into a village not knowing anything but his own name. And then uh, eventually Ryan gets to the point where he asks if, if this kid ever found his parents. And you hardly need to be a mind reader to see that Chloe was lying about happily ever, ever after. Because her face yeah. just kind of, yeah. Like she clamps up. It would really suck, though. I mean, it sucks enough to know that people do lie to you for whatever reasons, but part of me watching this is go- thinks like it would be worse to know that people are lying to you all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I don't yeah, think I would want to live with that. They say another, yeah. They're saying one thing while they're thinking a completely other thing. Yeah. That would suck really bad. Yeah. And it would be really refreshing when people are straight with you too. Yeah, that's true. Well, actually, you would appreciate fl- honesty a lot more. Yeah. Cause you would really know the people who are straight shooters. Because I think even the most straightest of straight shooters isn't really even that straight a shooter. Um, uh, but uh, so, but to break the tension, Clark suggests that they take the photo that Chloe wanted to take. Um, and she, Chloe explains that it's to check against missing persons. Um, and Chloe goes across the room to start uploading the picture. Uh, Ryan tells Clark how chloe feels about him and that she wants to him you know to ask her the prom which clark scoffs at like how could you know that um and ryan even knows what color her dress is is and clark is like super skeptical about it yeah at this point you got to stop being skeptical like he starts giving like details and stuff and 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 it it, part of this that makes me sad is like i just and maybe I'm, I'm misremembering, but I don't think it ever really does. I, I'm actually really sad that Clark and Chloe never happen. Yeah. 
Spoilers, I guess, ladies and gentlemen. Sorry. Um, but like the whole thing is like Lana Lang is Clark Kent's first love and then he forgets her for Lois. And I mean, that's comic book lore. That's the way it goes. That's like the established history. But Chloe Sullivan was such a well thought out, acted, written character. And she really grows and matures really well. You get to a point where I'm like, if Clark was going to have a really like first love kind of relationship in Smallville, it would have been Chloe. Well, it's weird, though, too, because they do stuff of Chloe in later seasons, like, after Lois is done with Oliver Queen, Chloe is with him. Oh, my like, God, I totally forgot that. Yeah, dude. I remember uh, Jimmy Olsen. Yeah, and then Jimmy, like, but I think the Oliver stuff happens after Jimmy uh, bites the dust, so so to speak. Yeah, so, yeah, Clark, Clark is pretty skeptical about you know, the powers, which at this point he shouldn't be after everything he's seen. Um, and then over at the Talon, uh, like Lana, Lana is talking to Clark about how it's going and what it's like to have like somebody who looks up to you like a little brother and all this other stuff. And she says that she always wanted a brother or sister. And like Clark tries to like kind of finish her sentence by being like, oh, somebody who's always there for you no matter what. Somebody like you can tell anything. And she's like, yeah, that's how I think of you, Clark. And if you pause at just the right moment, you can see his heartbreak. <laughs> you can see the soul leave his body. Yeah. Like that is a dagger to the heart. Like it's whether well you believe it too. or not, whether you believe in friend zoning or not, brother zoning ten times worse. Oh Jesus! Like there's actually like literally there. I think there is a uh, there's something that Tom Welling is able to do where he was able to just turn the like shine off of his eye completely. <laughs> like his his eyes just go dull. Like the light just goes out of him. <laughs> yeah, it does. Oh, but that he is died. hard, man. That would I mean put yourself in that kind of position. Any woman that you've ever like had a massive crush on. Or, or like just really, really like just wanted to be with, or even someone you well, like mean on the verge of getting with, and they're just like, yeah, you're just like a sibling to me. And this is like pre like uh, uh, what's going on in internet porn these days. So <laughs> it was it was bad. It used to be a bad thing. It's it should still be a bad thing. It should still be a bad thing. <laughs> it's a bad thing, Steve. It, it is a bad thing. Oh, fuck. Let's get out of the gutter. Uh, Lex, uh, Lex approaches uh, Ryan and points out that, you know, he, he notices the comic and he points out that he's also a Warrior Angel fan and kind of trying to impress him is about to tell him he's got, uh, you know, like issue one special edition. and But Ryan beats him to it. Like Ryan's like, yeah, yeah, let me guess. You've got this thing. And uh, Lex is like, well how did you know that? And Ryan's like, Oh, uh, you know, he, Ryan's a little dink right here. Cause he's like, Oh, that's just what rich people do. They collect stuff. Yeah. Um, but the, and I mean, the thing is, I'm like, I wanted it. That's, that's one of the things I think they could have fleshed out more is the relationship between Ryan and Lex yeah. is like, Ryan could have given more like actual, like, maybe quotes this is what's going on in his head you mm -hmm. know what i mean but it, he's just very with everybody else he's very specific chloe's got a pink prom dress blah, blah 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 you like your coffee this way but with lex it's like 
oh, he's just not a good person. Yeah, or maybe maybe it is a little bit more complicated because Lex, maybe his surface level, his surface level thoughts are pretty benign, but there's enough darkness in him that Ryan can sense it. Oh, that's a good theory. That's a good theory. If up front Lex is, is actually doing his best to be his best, but subconsciously Lex just... is already or turning to the Lex that we expect him to be. Yeah, well... And, and that's a thing, weird thing because while while Lex is coming over and talking to Ryan, he's kind of standing behind him, and Ryan never really turns his head to like make eye contact or anything like that because maybe Ryan doesn't really do that because he can read what people's intentions are and doesn't have to work with the usual visual cues people have to normally do. Oh, that's really good. And so Clark comes over and is surprised because he's overheard a little bit of like the fact that Lex is a comics fan and Lex mentions that he has the whole collection. Uh, Clark thinks it might be a cool to go check it out later. And Ryan just kind of says, uh, whatever. And like Lex has this kind of like shrug. Okay, bud. Face, yes. Yeah. And then kind of walks away, which is fair. Like, yeah. all right, you're kind of a little dick done. Yeah. And Clark, uh, like lays into Ryan for being rude. And Ryan kind of deflects it by saying Lex is leaving anyways to not to not worry about him. That he was offered a new job. And Clark is like, look, if you knew anything about Lex and his dad, you would know how ridiculous that sounds. And uh, that is the point where I'm like, okay, Clark, you have to stop second guessing this kid. He just gave you tangible, not necessarily evidence, but he gave, he didn't just like, for a kid to make something up like that, or his dad just gave offered him a promotion to go to Metropolis and blah 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 blah. Like that is a very specific thing. Yeah. If and you're what Clark this at this kid point, know? yeah. You've got to start asking how this kid knows this. You don't just shrug it off and go, Oh, that's ridiculous. You'd be like, How do you know these things, Ryan? Yeah, yeah. Uh Clark gets up to go do something, either go get their drinks or whatever he's doing. Um, and we get like Ryan's looking at the comic and we get a shot of Warrior Angel saying you are safe now, like looking through a hole. Yeah. Um, before Ryan senses the presence and kind of in the background, we see uh, his dad standing there and Ryan makes a break for it, which Lana notices. Um, and uh, like Ryan gets a little bit of a head start because while Lana is looking out the door, he doesn't pursue. But as soon as she turns to move back toward the bar, then he follows Ryan outside. But by the time he does, he's out of sight. Um, and he's looking around, looking around, um, and kind of abandons his search when Clark comes running out. It's, um, one of the things here is, is Smallville, like the comic book panel mm -hmm. pops up on, on, well, Ryan's reading or whatever. And I'm like, oh man, that is, is painful foreshadowing and i at this point i don't remember what's coming but i'm like oh that's foreshadowing that's not an yeah. accident and no. then the next uh, shot is uh stepdad runs out into the alley and he starts he's like searching for things or whatever and then clark runs out and there's this just very obvious garbage truck comes prolling around the uh -huh. corner and uh -huh. like man you guys are telegraphing this action scene like yeah. so badly yeah. Ryan is in dumpster danger. Um, and like he gets dumped into the compactor, which first of all would hurt like fuck. Um, just no matter where he lands really in there. 
Um, and then, uh, like, as the compactor starts kind of wanting to not die, he screams for help, and Clark sees with X-Ray what's going to happen, and he runs over and rips the hydraulic hose from the side of the truck, and from this point on, I'm wondering, where the fuck is the driver of that truck? Yes. Right? Like, he doesn't... Nobody comes out and goes, what the fuck are you doing to my truck? Or how did you manage to unhinge a hydraulic hose that's probably pumping at excess of 12,000 PSI with your bare hands? Yeah, and not only that, but ripping a hole in the side of the truck. But what I really wanted was just a guy to be like, hey, I'm taking out garbage over here. (laughs) That would be great. If just for some reason he has just like the deepest New York accent in the middle of Smallville, I would have loved that actually. It was like that episode with uh, with uh, the kid who got Clark's powers, like the boyfriend in that episode of that chick that he liked had like a Brooklyn accent for some reason. <laughs> it's like, what the fuck, dude? Like, wh- where are you from? Yeah, that was a little weird. Uh, but yeah, so like, yeah, Clark uh, like waits a beat and rips a, tr- a hole in the side of the truck and the sun is shining behind him and he says the same thing as Warrior Angel. And it's the worst looking special effect in Smallville to date. Yeah, and that's saying a lot. And the, that's the the weirdest thing is it it would be such an easy thing to shoot. Yeah, just because all you get... have to do is like really you know put a fog machine behind Clark, fucking put a really bright light behind Clark. But for some reason they use like a digital sun, digital sun rays, and like yeah. it's like a green screen of clark in the rip well, of the like it, it just yeah, looks so weird yeah. yeah it looks awful and but i i think if they tried to shoot it from the inside of the 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 dumpster like the the compactor or whatever um shooting out into the sun you wouldn't be able to see clark's face at all it would all be in shadow because of overexposure but there's ways to fix oh, yeah that. no i mean like literally you could have just built a fake because you don't even and, see the entire inside of the trash compactor. At that one no. shot, all you see is Clark's face. So you easily could have built just like a fake interior of a garbage can or garbage truck right. wall. Yeah. It's, just, it's I don't know. It's a very weird decision. But, I mean, it's it's one of those things where around this time, their uh, TV shows are starting to play with, like, computer graphics more because they're kind of being handed down by Hollywood now. So if you can justify using it, that's what people want to use. Yeah, yeah. And they want to use it because they want to get good at using that stuff because they know yeah. it's the future. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I think the next scene is back at the farm. Uh, Lex pays uh, Clark a visit. And when Clark assumes Lex uh, knows what it's like being an only child, we learn that Lex had a brother named Julian. Which really surprised me. I didn't realize that they planted this seed in season one. Yeah. And um, they go into a little bit of detail about the circumstances around his death and stuff. But yeah, uh, I, I it's, it's gotta be one of my least favorite Smallville storylines, but we're yeah. going to go there. Mm-hmm. We're, we've got to go through it. We have only, only, only the way, only way past is through, you know, um, into the breach. Yeah. More than once more. <laughs> yeah. Well, nine seasons more. So. 201 more times into the breach, Steve. Oh, that's it. Only 201. Yeah. 
right. Only 200 one more time. Are you sure we... Me and Paul are going to do this, folks, whether you stick around or not. So buckle up. (laughs) We're going to get our 10,000 hours and then we'll be good at this. We might both go insane and end up in prison by the end of it, but it's getting done. Yeah, well, you know, I'm sure they have podcast rooms in jail. Uh, But yeah, we, yeah, we learn a little bit about Julian um, and we learn that his mother was never the same after uh, he was dead and why, and the fact that uh, like Lionel again became distant, um, seeing he lost his second chance to have a son he could truly love. And Clark is apologetic as he always is, but Lex suggests that maybe leave it in the past in the past um, and then reveals Lionel's offer. And Clark is pretty shocked because Ryan has turned out to be right um, and asks if he told Ryan. And Lex says that this is the first time he said anything to anyone about it. And uh, Lex or Clark has kind of a good bit of advice, like for, for Lex, he just kind of tells Lex that if if someone can choose who they want to be, Lex, it's you. That's a damn good line. Yeah. Um, and then uh, back at the talent again, we uh, we see Jonathan has brought Ryan in to get a treat for helping out on the farm. Um, and uh, he goes over to use the phone to ask, you know, Mar- I think he's going to ask Martha if she wants anything. Uh, Lana asks Ryan how he's doing and he kind of uh, like says he's doing all right. But then he asks about whether it's all right to keep secrets from friends. Um, and she tells him that everyone has secrets and that it's totally a normal thing. But then a server comes over to the table to pick up a tray and like Lana and her have a quick interaction. She walks away and then Ryan immediately is just like, Oh, she's a terrible person. And then you should fire her. Which is like, I, I, I want to say like maybe most of Ryan's problem is that he's just not. He's blunt. like, he's too vague. You know what I mean? At, at yeah. first, like he's too and childishly blunt. Yeah. He's, he does, he doesn't like try to cover anything up at all. He's just like, oh yeah, horrible piece of trash, throw her out on the street. It's like, okay, relax, maybe give me a little reasoning behind your thought process here. Right. I can't remember where it is in the episode, but I think Ryan turns out to be correct about her and and Lana does get rid of her. Like I I I want to say that's that is part of the episode. I just don't you remember know what? where. I actually, now that you say it, I don't remember how that resolves. Maybe because it doesn't. isn't she stealing? I think so. Yeah. Yeah, she's and that's like, yeah. that's my thought. That's my thought is that she's stealing, and then she gets caught. Because I Lana, remember, I don't remember seeing it happen in the episode. Now that you mention it, though, it, I think it just happens at some point. And it just wasn't worth noting at the time, maybe. I don't know. Um, I'm sure we'll get some corrections at some point if we... Let, if yeah, we, uh, ladies yeah. and gentlemen, if she got fired because she was stealing or Lana just ignored the psychic boy's advice, let us know. Yeah, yeah. But uh, back... Uh, oh, yeah. So, but yeah, she asks how he knows this. And he just says it's a secret, which she, she, could, she like visibly rolls her eyes at. A little yeah. bit like she's just like what the hell kid like why tell me this and then not tell me um 
And then back on the farm, Ryan's parents have kind of staked out the farm. Like I can't, I'm trying to think of where they are. Like they might be on the road next to the farm, but close enough to the house that they can see Ryan and Jonathan getting out of the truck and like they're laughing and whatever. And the dad reveals maybe it's time to move on to their next job, indicating Lex's face on the cover of the paper. Mm -hmm. And then mom asks, when do we get the kid? And he responds when we're ready. Just kind of to establish that they know exactly now where Ryan is. And now I'm trying to think if, if the search for Ryan is what brought them to Smallville or if it was the, the Lex job that they were brought them to Smallville and then finding Ryan was a happy coincidence or in looking for Ryan, they realized Lex was in Smallville and thought, Oh, well it's time to plan a caper. Yeah. Maybe it was, they were going to get to that point. Like they were, maybe they're still, cause this whole spree, this crime spree seems to have started off with pretty small, small you know small apples type of stuff like robbing pawn shops and stuff like that right like they well, might not have been at this for very long that's true but now that you mention it they did murder someone like yeah. is nobody looking for these two you'd you'd wonder if maybe the the shop was small enough like mom and pop enough that it didn't have cameras or anything or even if let's let's assume the shop was in metropolis though but like you wouldn't like and right. I mean, I guess Metropolis is a big city, and uh, I'm kind of defeating my own my own argument here because, like, wouldn't they like? Wouldn't there be shots up of this guy's face going like, "These people are murderers"? If you see them, blah blah blah. But I'm like, yeah, people get right. murdered in Edmonton a lot too, and I don't know how you know. Like, I never see pictures of the people. No, no. So, yeah, and and again, like, I don't know if it could possibly have been Metropolis because. Like, why would Martha have hit him on, like, a, like, a range road? It's an excellent like question. Yeah, so all that is just, I think it's like a crime of opportunity. They see, oh, maybe we can find out something about Lex and then use that to get either blackmail or money or whatever. I don't, their plan is probably not fully formed at this okay. point either. Um, But Clark and Chloe do some poking around where Ryan was found. And they find his backpack. And like while Chloe is kind of looking through the main part of it, it was hard for me to get like a good read, but either Clark rips open a hidden compartment or tears the backpack. He rips and, open a hidden compartment. Yeah. And finds a photo. Yeah. And Clark tells Chloe about, oh, th this is exactly where I would hide something. And the she worst says, lie ever. <laughs> yeah. And she's like, yeah, if you remember the CIA. Yeah. Uh, it's Clark. It's yeah. the, uh, the the thing that I love the most about that little exchange is like Clark rips it open. Chloe looks up, he pulls the picture out and she's like, gives him this like look of like, what the fuck? And he's like, oh, what? That's um, where I right. would hide something. And you see in Tom Welling's face how yeah. stupid an excuse he's giving. And I just love the like the multiple layers in his performance for that second. Like, oh shit, I gotta cover this up. Here's my excuse. Oh shit, that was dumb. Ah, uh, fuck. I'm fucked. Yeah, it was yeah. Just, just a weird, great comedy beat. Yeah, uh, Clark tells Chloe about some of the things that Ryan has said vis-a-vis -vis, like her wanting Clark to ask her to the prom and she like really backpedals on the dress part saying, Oh, I, I looked at this dress. I didn't buy it. Um, and that maybe he called miss Cleo to find all this out. 
Miss Cleo. I, I, I made a note of that too. I'm like, holy shit, it's a Miss Cleo shout out. Uh, kids, <laughs> if you don't know who Miss Cleo is, I'm sure you could go to YouTube and yeah, type in to. Miss Cleo, and there's got to be clips. There's There's yeah. got to be clips. Uh, like 90s era TV psychic that you called in and she would tell you how to be happy with your life and how to fix it and everything. And then I'm sure something horrible happened to her that she didn't see coming. Yeah, probably some tax evasion related uh, jail time. Oh, it's probably some bankruptcy or... Or yeah. are you serious? Is that what happened to her? <laughs> or, you know, she ascended to a like higher plane of existence. Oh, you know? What if I I would actually be the best part if she was like a huge success story. Right. Um but I don't think she was. <laughs> um on the farm, uh Ryan is chatting with Martha as she's peeling some apples and w- w- I can assume that the kind of entire purpose of like kind of questioning her and stuff is that he's he's kind of siphoning through her thoughts and we find out pretty quick what her top of mind thought was uh, because Martha suggests he go out and shoot some hoops while he waits for Clark or something. Um, But when Clark comes home, he finds the storm cellar open. No, like, so does he, does he like ask Martha or something, right? Like what's her greatest fear? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And so her greatest fear must immediately have triggered something Thoughts in the storm. Of... Like, hide the the truth. Hide what's in the storm cellar or, you know, mm-hmm. Clark. Like, you got to imagine it's like a big kind of storm of fears. Um, mm-hmm. And I, in my mind, I was like, okay, well, her biggest fear is obviously people finding out about Clark. But the kid's already gonna knows Clark is different because he can't read Clark's mind. So when they do the shot of Clark looking for Ryan and the storm cellar door is wide open, I like totally forgot about that part and my jaw dropped. So yeah. every once in a while, Smallville still surprises me. And I'm like, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, because yeah, the tarp is off of it. And like, he's just like, Clark's trying to be like, what are you doing down here? And like, really, really worried that this fucking kid knows his secret. Um, oh, and the ship is not a pine cone anymore. It is now nope. the shape that it will be for the rest of the season. Yeah. 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 It's not the pine cone. The it's like alien, an egg. Alien pine cone. Yeah. Yeah. And Clark learns that Ryan, uh, can't read his mind, but Clark is just not cool with the secret being in his hands. And I, I don't really blame him. Uh, but if, um, Clark is asked for the first time here whether he wants to know what Lana's secret is, and Clark says no. And, like, even after he finds out, you know, what, that it's about him, he's just like, you can't do this to people. Which, honestly, mad respect. Yeah. I don't and, know if I would have had the fortitude to do that, to be, to be completely honest. Hey, yeah. man, this girl that you have crushed on forever thinks about you in a certain way. Do you want to know what that way is? And be like, um, yeah. I dude, I'd crumble. I'd absolutely, I'd be like, yeah, let's do it. Go. Tell me. I want to know. Yeah, uh, I, I probably would too, honestly. Given how we know, we know how much Clark wants this. It's amazing that he doesn't. Oh, this is a good opportunity. This is okay. So me and Paul were talking 
earlier in the show or before we started recording about how to like drum up kind of uh, engagement with the uh, the people who listen to the show. <clears throat> and one of the things we decided we wanted to do is um, put up surveys every week on the uh, Somebody Save Us or, or Save Us Pod uh, Twitter account. So this is a good one. If you had access to someone who could like read minds, new people's thoughts or whatever, would you exploit it? Would you want to know, would you want to know truths that are hidden that might hurt you or might confirm good feelings? Or would you like prefer not to know and just go through life as you've been going through it now? Would you, would you prefer that element of surprise or would you like, Oh, we'll obviously word it better. This would be a really long tweet. Um, or, or I think you... the way to word it would be that if Ryan were in front of you and said they knew a secret that could either benefit you or hint or or hurt you, would you want to know? There you go. See, Paul, brains of the operation, guys. It should be obvious <laughs> by now. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it's I don't think it's as clear as cut as you as you make it seem. Uh uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. You're well, like, well, I well, I don't, well, I don't know about that. <laughs> uh, yeah. A couple things about this scene too. So we'll put that up on the. If you're not, if you're not on Twitter, obviously you're not going to follow. But if you are on Twitter at Save Us Pod, and uh, go ahead and jump into the survey, we'll get it posted up sometime. Do we want to do that early, or do we want to do it when we launch the show? Put it up the same day as the show, I guess. Yeah, I guess that makes some more sense. There's no and way, then for a week, and we'll just put them up for a week, or yeah. we'll put it up for six. No, we can't do it that way. I was going to say we'll put it up for six days, and then we can read the results on the next show. But we record multiple shows in multiple sittings, so it's never going to work out. Yeah, yeah. We'll but we'll just, we'll talk about the results of the polls when they as when we yeah published. yeah. So we'll they'll just be I guess a couple of them at the beginning of the show or something at some point. Anyway, cool, fun. Good idea. Uh, yeah. Things about this scene is that this is maybe about the third time so far that Clark has asked the question that he'll be asked a thousand times of Clark, do you know what it's like to have to hide who you really are? Yeah. Yeah. The answer is yes. Clark knows. Um, but, and I can't remember the exact conversation, but this is that scene where Ryan starts talking to Clark. Uh, I, I, it's either about, he doesn't, he wants to stay with the Kent, or he doesn't want to be taken away or, or, or something but he starts to cry and it's amazing because he's not yeah. like he doesn't break down. It's not sobbing, crying, but he's like legitimately sad. He seems like a, like a young boy who doesn't necessarily want to cry, kind of trying to hold it back, but he can't hold back the tears and they just come out naturally. And I'm like, the, and it's not, you can, you can tell when actors use drops and you can mm. tell when actors can make themselves cry. And this kid cried in the middle of a scene acting bravo kid it really good yeah because yeah he starts talking about his, how his mother died and that th how his step parents have been taking advantage of his abilities to steal and that when he tried to defend himself or try to say he didn't want to do it anymore they started hitting him and i think that's when he breaks the kind of the dam breaks when he admits that, that like he has nowhere to go and he's like terrified that they're gonna find him yeah. But yeah, that's, really yeah, it's, it's a really, really powerful scene. Uh, and then later on, like we're still at the farm, Ryan answers, uh, the, the doorbell rings and Ryan answers the door to end up face to face with his evil stepmother. 
Um, and that she'll kill the Kents if he blows her cover. Um, and she poses as a like child services uh, worker. And despite repeated requests by the Kents to either delay it until Clark gets home or, or like stay for a little bit, Ryan is taken um, after he gives Martha kind of a tearful hug. Like you'd think Martha would have maybe like probably read a little bit into it. Yeah, but I think maybe Martha also would have been like, "Oh, he's sad to he's sad to go," or yeah. you know what I mean. Like, well, I can uh, realistically, what kid wouldn't be who 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 has been from like a bad home or a bad family life goes into something like the Clark's life or mm-hmm. or the Kent's life uh, and sees like that snippet of like I guess the like American dream kind of or or like. American family ideals and then yeah. has to go to social services, which right. everybody knows that's not a treat. No. Um, so foster system is broken in going, every country. Oh, it's, it's all right. You, you know, put on a brave face. Like I can totally see Martha dismissing it as he's just really scared and sad. Y- yeah. And like, and it's, yeah, it, it's, it's weird because they don't really even question the time of day that this is happening either. Cause it's like nightfall when this woman is picking him up. But the thing um, is she shows up and she's like, hi, I'm from child services. And Jonathan walks in and he goes, Oh, you're not supposed to be here for another hour. Yeah. Yeah. So there is a child services person coming and it's even later. Yeah. Yeah. So that's and a little weird. It is weird. And then we never really actually see a scene where that that person arrives and they realize they've been had. Um, Clark uh, gets home though and get, gets the bad news about Ryan being gone um, from Jonathan. Jonathan heads inside, um, and then Lex arrives in his limo, um, and the the chauffeur gets out and opens the door for him, and he walks up to Clark and kind of throws him a sword. <laughs> And he's uh, he's like, actually, it's a foil, um, and that every every hero should have one. Um, Clark kind of points out that it seems Lex has made up his mind because otherwise, why would he be giving him a going away present? Mm-hmm. Which fair enough. No, yeah, um, it, I mean, it's a great observation. It, it that's the thing though. So even though even it's played that way, sort of, but I think even if you didn't know that Lex is definitely not going to be leaving the show. Like there's no way you believe that Lex is leaving at this point. Like even um, if... I mean, you could have thought, and I don't know what my thought process was back then. I, I know mm-hmm. for a while I was sure that like, how long is Lex in Smallville going to last? It can only last two or three years before he has to go to uh, Metropolis and, and become like leader of Lex Corp and whatever, but it's right. not three years. Right. Well, isn't like it's actually at this point because there's there is a point in the sh- in the series where Lex like leaves Luther Corp and starts Lex Corp, and then oh. eventually and then eventually takes over Luther Corp. But again, these are all that's, things yeah, in the that's that I have no memory way. of. But um, but yeah, so like. Lex says he hasn't decided. Sorry to hear that Ryan's gone. But um, as we see uh, Lex get back into the limo, 
we see that sh- the chauffeur the chauffeur is like Ryan's stepdad, and so we know Lex is going to be in some shit. Uh, yeah. I'm just like this guy's ability to like does he have like a traveling like old school makeup disguise box? Is he is he Agent Forty Seven? Yeah, like I don't understand what's like this. It's it's so weird. Like you think he has a briefcase and it's got like glasses with a funny nose and a mustache on it, and like there's a couple polka dot ties and shit. And like, where are you getting all these disguises and ID badges on the run? Yeah, like, and like Lex did. Did Lex really just not think that this is like a different limo driver than he normally has? Like, you'd think he has somebody on staff that is his normal guy, right? I, I would think that, yes, you would have a regular chauffeur. I can see the argument of the guy going, oh, your regular guy's sick. Or it's, for, you know, Luther right. Corp has a fleet of limousines, so we have a fleet of drivers. Yeah. yeah. I just, under, I don't understand why Lex is such a cheapskate and not taking a helicopter. Yeah, I mean, you'd think. I mean, maybe he just didn't get it approved. Because Lionel's just like... Well, I guess if Lionel really wanted him to come back to, to Metropolis, he would have pulled out all the stops to make sure Lex had as little uh, friction between making that choice or not and sent a helicopter for him. Yeah, well, I mean, what do you, you want to take a 20-minute 20, 20 flight or do you want to drive yeah. for three hours? But I'll, I'll, I'll tell you why he didn't take a helicopter. Because the plot demanded he didn't. Oh, the fucking plot. I always yeah. forget about it. I always forget about it. And so... <laughs> plot, the plot thickens sort of like the fog on the side of the road um, as the limo drives like barely like a short distance down the highway before pulling over and Lex starts to question what the hell's going on when the door opens Ryan gets shoved inside and then the driver switches place with the mom um, and like Lex tries to question what the fuck is going on again he gets the barrel of the chest or like the the barrel of the shotgun to the chest, which would hurt like fuck. Yeah, like right in the sternum. That would um, hurt actually a lot. Crack your ribs. Um, as uh, as they start moving again, Lex is asked for the password to his trust fund, um, and he says that you know I don't have it. My father has that. Blah blah blah. Um, looking to Ryan, uh, James, which we now know his. I guess we know his name is. Um, I'm not sure how we know that. I, I wrote it on my notes that his name is James learns that this is a lie and then cocking the gun asks again. And then Ryan pulls it from Lex's mind. Uh, and it's Julian. Oh, and James smiles in satisfaction. And Lex is going to be in some shit. Um, so really quickly, there's like a quick scene just to kind of establish because Clark obviously has to find out somehow about how this how this is all going to, like, resolve. Yeah. And so Chloe shows up at the loft and compliments Zorro on his sword um, and points out that Lex might be gone, but she's still here. Like, kind of, you know, hey, uh, here I am. Um, Literally, like, telling Clark, hey, Clark, I am here for yeah. you. Yeah, I literally, just, like, I'm... You're alone in your loft, Clark. Yeah, Just say his the word. face, stone cold, doesn't react. Like, he doesn't even, like, it's 
the amount of not acting that goes into this is actually masterful in how fucking cold it is that he just doesn't even consider Chloe. No. When that fizzles, like that fizzles, and she mentions she got some info from the source with like a local traffic cop and jokes about taking him to the prom. And then that fizzles too, because Clark is again, like completely stone dead. Yeah, just like, like Chloe is some kind of hideous gargoyle or something. Like he just doesn't, it's so weird. Like I didn't watch this because I was like, the whole brother comment earlier on, I'm like, oh my God, that's so cold. And then I watched this, I'm like, this is worse. Yeah, it is worse. He doesn't even like feign friendship or emotion or any, it's just like, oh uh, yeah, thanks Chloe. <laughs> like, no, Chloe, Chloe, Chloe is like, especially in these really early season episodes, it's v- super obvious that her, her uh, utility in the show is to be the how we find out how to stop the bad guy. Oh, she's 100% every time. Every yes. time. Yeah. Um, um, it's, but she shows um, them the picture. This time she shows them the picture and he recognizes the limo driver. Yeah. Right. Uh, and then we cut immediately to Lex being thrown from a moving vehicle. So that would also hurt like a f- motherfucker. You would think, because they don't even throw him on the shoulder of the road. Like, they throw him actually on the shoulder of the road, which is still pavement. Like, they don't pull it off far enough that they throw him on, like, grass or dirt. It's on pavement. No, yeah. Ryan looks kind of hopelessly trapped as he's asked for the password. And he kind of resists and is threatened. And then we learn it's Julian. This is where we actually learn um, that it was Julian. After Lex is thrown out of the cab or out of the limo. Um... Clark finds Lex, though, on the side of the road. And, like, again, like, Lex is, like, not fucked up at all. Like, at least from a visual standpoint. He looks tired more than anything. Yeah, and he's kind of, like, he's gripping his arm. um, And he's just, like, yeah, uh, he's, like, he's told them which way he thinks the, the limo's going. And that to go get some help. And then not for the first time and not the last... Clark barely considers using his speed like way too close to where Lex <laughs> is sitting. It's the weirdest scene in the world because like number one, Clark comes from the opposite direction. Yeah. And so they, they just left the Kent house in the limousine right. and Clark shows up in the opposite direction. Right. So and I'm the like, other... well, where did, did he run around the planet just to make sure they hadn't <laughs> gone to Indonesia? Yeah, and then, it's... like, the mm. next thing is Lex, and okay, Lex is injured, he's been hurt, he's been, like, taken hostage and whatever, sure, fine. But he doesn't question how Clark got there at all? Yeah, there's no vehicle in sight anywhere. You didn't drive uh, then... here, you just kind of ran in out of the dark? The whole scene where, like, l- l- like Lex is still sitting there being like, ah, ah, as, like, as like Clark runs a few feet away and then looks back and then runs at full speed away. I'm like, bro, it's so foggy outside run another 20 feet and he wouldn't be able to see you anyway. And then you can plausibly use your speed. The, the, yeah. Cause I was watching that. And I'm like, you know, a human nature, there's absolutely no way 
that Lex does it like while he's checking on his wrist or whatever. Accident, like look over to check. Oh, let's see how far Clark's going, how Clark's doing, or just like, hey, Clark, yeah. I'll, I'll be okay. Like, there's no way Lex doesn't take a second look back at Clark. Yeah, there's no and world so where that he does. Happen. Either sees like Clark turning into a rocket, or he just <laughs> like, oh, Clark's vanished. Was Clark really here? How hard did I hit my head? Yeah, exactly. It's again. Really ridiculous. So we get to the next scene, which is the limo pulls up in front of a bowling alley. Uh, and James directs Ma to torch the limo. And then, uh, like, he pulls out a laptop and puts it on the their other vehicle, like their getaway truck or whatever. Um, and discovers that the password is wrong and threatens Ryan. Uh, Ryan tries to kind of stall for time. I'm telling, uh, like, his stepmom that he's planning to kill her as soon as he gets the password. And he tries to deny it, but he kind of just walks over to the truck, closes the laptop, picks up his shotgun, and then just turns and murders her. Which, we were talking before the show, I was super surprised by this. Because, like, I was 100% sure, because it happens almost all the time, if a gun goes off in Smallville, Clark shows up and either gets in front of the bullet or catches it. Not this yeah. time. She's blown oh. off of her feet. Right. And then, like, Ryan, like, as this is happening, Ryan's running inside the bowling alley, and this poor fucking janitor pulls pulls out. He's basically Scruffy from Futurama, like, steps out, and then he gets fucking gunned down. It's so cold-blooded. Like, the guy before this, he, he abused a kid. He did kill, like, the... um the uh the the pawn shop owner but you don't really get the like the level of psycho asshole that this guy is until this scene yeah because like yeah friendly janitor kind of guy he's like hey what's going on here and then eating lead yeah he gets he he gets like ryan shoves past him and he gets he doesn't get a word out of his mouth he has like this look of confusion on his face as this man walks up to him and like very casually shoots him like with like one hand on the shotgun. Like it's a very funny scene. Well, <laughs> uh, I mean, it's how it's, it's shot. comedically timed. Yeah. But... It's comedically timed. It's not funny that this dude gets iced, but like it's the fucking bags fly through the air and like, Jesus, like it's fucking, <laughs> it's the gif of the episode for sure. It's, I think, I think the, um, your, your description of him as scruffy from Futurama is fucking hilarious, actually. Because <laughs> now that's all I can see. Even in place, like, I can see the rest of that scene, but now all I can see is that cartoon janitor's face. <laughs> Getting shot. When, mm, uh, Ryan uh, takes cover behind the lanes, and uh, then uh, James starts monologuing about how his mother thought he was a pain in the ass and like having a freak for a son. And, uh, and then kind of impressively while he's monologuing, he throws a strike down the one of the lanes. This, uh, I actually really like this scene, but there's weirdness in it because he also starts indiscriminately shooting at the kid. Oh my God. Yeah. Like it's like he forgets suddenly that he needs the password and just starts shooting. Well, he forgets that he needs the kid for nearly everything that he's going to ever accomplish in his like con man career. 
And yeah. he's like, it's just like, oh, I'm going to scare the kid out of hiding. Yeah. Or accidentally put a bullet in his face. Yeah, exactly. Like he's just shooting into the lanes. Uh, but while this is happening, like, uh, like he kind of like, uh, like Ryan climbs up into like, like the, like the, the works a little bit and forces uh, like James to come into the back and find him. And he's lining him up for the shot, like for the kill shot. And Clark runs in, uses his x-ray, and throws a bowling ball through the wall. So awesome. I actually like it a <laughs> to lot. KO, to KO the dude. I just wonder if like the bowling ball would have been able to travel through the wall. Uh, well, that's a good... Well, I guess if it, was dry, if it was just drywall, then yeah. That's what I'm thinking. Like, walls are most, <laughs> mostly drywall. Yeah. But man, like, yeah, it's just like crazy day saved took him right out and like it's funny because like clark goes into the back to like pull ryan out of there and you see james laying on the floor and the ball is just very slowly rolling around on the floor yeah the, the bowling ball thing is <laughs> awesome i like I'm, i just looked at that i'm like oh my god that would hurt so badly that would hurt badly if you threw a bowling ball at me but right. imagine like superman throwing a bowling ball like you're sternum ribs obliterated yeah like that where, dude is going to be in an iron lung yeah he's he, if he's not dead he's he, he wishes he was yes again i don't think we actually see any re resolution to that like it's just like well i guess that's it for him um, well you have to assume that like or, or i would assume clark leaves the bowling alley calls the cops they show up oh look there's two dead people here's a guy lying down with a shotgun mm-hmm yeah. Now, why well, that guy Clark... doesn't then immediately go, yeah, you know that Kent kid threw a fucking bowling ball through a wall? Well, no, he wouldn't just have known that he threw the bowling ball through a wall. He just got hit by something. He probably didn't even see it coming. Oh, that's a good point. But point point being whatever, um, I guess it's at the talent. We learn that Ryan has an ant in Edge City that's coming to get him, um, and he's saying he's Doing, kind of going and doing his kind of goodbye tour, and uh, Lana kisses him on the cheek, and he, this kid sprouts a pube. Like you could see the moment where a pube sprouted. <laughs> Just like yeah, I oh, mean, oh, uh, I, I I may 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 or may not completely and totally understand. Oh, whoa. <laughs> and Clark's like fuck. I mean, I'm her brother now, so I guess yeah. good job, dude. This kid just got more action from Lana Lang than I have in... Ever. Well, except for the time when she was, like, on Nicodemus. Remember, kids? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Nicodemus. Not even once. Dude, I'm telling you, I'm so... And, like, spoiler warnings, kid, but I'm so hyped for the Slutty Witches episode. So hyped. So hyped. <laughs> That's in the that's in the Lana back tattoo season. I that's fine. It's gonna be the best season show. Season four. I'm gonna season love four. that show so much. It's, I'm sure it's horrible too. But the fact, like, I mean, I got a weakness for like emo goth girls, and mm -hmm. like, yeah, Chloe, it's Chloe Lana, Chloe, and mm -hmm. Lois. Come mm -hmm. on, come mm -hmm. on. I hope that episode actually falls around Halloween when we release it. That'll be great. Mm, scruffy like. Mm. Well, I mean, that's the thing is, if. I th it would be really hard for us to line that up, but it it's possible. It might. It would be really hard, because but it might. We'll see. That episode aired around Halloween. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, over at the mansion, Lex is ambushed by Lionel, who wonders why he isn't packing, and Lex is very clear that he's not coming back to Metropolis. I want to go back to the other last la- team real quick. Sure. Just because yeah. there was an Edge City mention, mm-hmm. and I was like, Edge City doesn't really ring a bell as far as like the big DC cities. So I did a little bit of research. It is kind of only ever mentioned in Smallville as far as the DC universe goes, but it was a city in uh, Dark Horse Comics, and that's where the mask comes from, as in, like, Jim Carrey's The Mask. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, Yeah, there's a lot of characters from Edge City in this, and I know Edge City is mentioned in Arrow. Oh, is it really? So I think it is... Actually, that sounds Because familiar. of that yes, fact. Okay. Because of that fact. Because there's that, there's, that, uh, there's that one season where it's very briefly... There's like a two or three episode arc where there's a kind of a drug lord that's from Edge City that Oliver's trying to stop that's super strong. Oh, think, okay. Oh, I think there's allusions to Bane in that. Yeah, a little bit. I think it's the guy who's played by, what's his name, the the British dude. Um, he's kind of like a soccer hooligan type dude. Vinnie oh! Jones. Vinnie Jones. Vinnie Jones, yes. All right. So Vinnie Jones's character is from Edge City. Okay. And Edge City is apparently, it's in Lowell County, Kansas, somewhere (laughs) around Smallville and Metropolis. So it is, it is still in like the Kansas area. The area, the area. Yeah. But yeah, so, um, uh, yeah, back over the mansion, uh, like Lex kind of sees what's going on. He believes that Lionel's afraid that Lex is making his way without him. And Lex tells him that he will return to Metropolis when he's ready. And, uh, leaving Lionel standing there playing with his blue balls. And I love it so much. I like I just, it's very weird. Well, I don't like, I, I don't love thinking about Lionel playing with his balls. I'll correct that right now. <laughs> um, I like that Lionel is angry that yeah. Lex is successful. Yeah. The, he's, yeah, he's jealous that Lex is having success without him. Like he's petty enough for that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, you have been kind of just a disappointing fuck-up your whole life. I've never believed in you. I send you out here to punish you, and now you're really good at what you do. Yeah. And it's and it's, this is the furthest away from me you've ever been. So, so it, somewhere subconsciously, Lionel's got to think, fuck, have I been holding Lex back? And then just yeah, really being, yeah. like, mad about it. Right. And then... Because I think, isn't it pretty much established in other, like, main, like, Superman canon that Lex's family were all fuck-ups and Lex is really, he pulled himself up from, like, nothing, basically? Like, Lionel was never actually, like, successful, like, or a businessman or anything like that. There are, and I think they kind of take it from, I, I think they do it with Lionel in Smallville, but they've done it with Lex in the past, which it's like, ah, uh, your family were, I mean, kind of mid-range successful. They never, no one was special. No one was this or that. Your father owned, like, was kind of a slumlord, blah, blah, blah. Right. But then, mysteriously, all his bur- all his buildings burnt down, like, in a single night. And your mm-hmm. father died. And so all that insurance money, because they couldn't prove anything, went directly to... Lex, so, yeah. 
in Smallville, it's Lionel. Because I'm almost sure they say that about Lionel. Like, your dad yeah, was yeah. a crime lord. And basically, you murdered your entire family, burnt down all of their property, and then just built an empire based on the insurance money you got. And I, in, I think it's was i mean continuity in comics is crap it's reinvented every 20 years right. but but i i'm sure that there was a story of lex luther where that was lex's origin where they never yeah. like go into detail about his dad but he had murdered his father taken his fortune yeah no um i know it there's like a current lex continuity where uh there's like the whole thing where lex luther has like the powers of Martian Manhunter and like there is a scene where he goes to an alternate earth where yeah like Lex's is ba- Lex's father's basically just like a like blue collar drunk and like the Lex in that universe is just like a random 12 year old kid who's like psychotic uh, uh, it's weird it was a mistake for me to have bought just this one comic because like None of the other stuff is explained, and it's, like, very That's, weird and fucked up. Uh, yeah, I've been having that problem <laughs> with DC for a while, because I fall out for, like, four, five, six, seven months at a time, and I'm like, yeah. oh, man, I miss reading Superman comics, and I jump in, and I'm like, what is going on? Yeah, what the fuck is happening? So now um, I just kind of, at the end of the year, wait for, like, a yearly omnibus, get it from mm-hmm. the library, or, or buy one of those, and then I just right. read an entire year's worth yeah. at a time. Because at least but that way this, you can keep up. Yeah, yeah. But in this in this kind of scene at the mansion, it's funny because like I didn't note I didn't write down any notes of what Lex or Lionel really say like verbatim because I was so obsessed with getting that joke out about Lionel holding those two blue pool balls. <laughs> just so fucking obsessed with him playing with his blue balls. I just God damn it. Like <laughs> I mean, you got it. I, I I did I did uh, <laughs> um I'm I'm sorry but I did <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna do worse we're gonna say worse <laughs> we will we will and we're get, we're gonna get canceled guys uh, slutty witches are coming it's are. gonna get worse at some point mm-hmm. uh so uh, back on the farm I can't remember what song starts playing right here but oh Ryan what, what? hold on. I can't stand to fly. Right. <laughs> I'm not that naive. Dude, this was my go-to karaoke song for like three years. <laughs> it is five for fight. fighting's Superman. I'm it ain't easy. I'm more than some pretty face beside a train. It's not easy. <laughs> We're going to get copyright straight. I'm, I don't know. If either of us are really that good, but <laughs> no, no. Uh, but yeah, so Ryan and Kent are saying their goodbyes as Ryan's aunt arrives to collect him before he leaves. He offers to tell Clark one more time about Lana's feelings. And he says, no, Ryan warns uh, Clark about Lex and his darkness and Clark is kind of momentarily off balance, but recovers and says he likes to believe in people's best side. And uh, Ryan gives Clark uh, his comics, saying he doesn't need him anymore because he has him. And uh, he gives him a quick hug, and he goes to meet his aunt and uh, waves to him one more time before getting into the car 
and Clark looks sad. This is a great scene, actually. Um, my my favorite karaoke song, notwithstanding. Uh, I love it because, like, it is the line of, you know, we got to watch out for Lex Clark. There's darkness in him. And, mm. and Clark just going, yeah, but I choose to believe in the goodness in people. Or I, I choose to believe in the good side of him. And that is definitively Superman. Like, that is why he hasn't murdered Lex. Yeah. Where, where he so easily could. It's why he doesn't become, like, a dictator and, and bend the world to his whim. It's because... And, and, and like, I'm not going to go off on this whole, like, everybody thinks Superman needs to be Christopher Reeves' Superman, where it's the blue boy scout. Yeah, right, yeah. People, oh, man. People I who remember. hate Henry Cavill's Superman because he's too dark and brooding. And that That's... Superman's allowed to have emotions and he's allowed to be very complex and he's allowed to sometimes be morose and negative. But the whole point is that he always eventually comes around to this is what's good. And I believe in the goodness of this person and I believe they can reform. That's why he never kills Lex because he always, even though he hates Lex Luthor, he hates him. He always thinks there might be a day where Lex is the good guy. And I love yeah. that about that, just that single quote, because it kind of boils down everything Clark will ever be. Um, and then at the end there with the uh, the Ryan going, here, Clark, you can take my comic books. I don't need them anymore. I have a new hero. Yeah. Um, and then just like Ryan getting away. And because Ryan starts to leave, Ryan's got a smile on his face, and the camera looks at, at goes to Tom Welling, and you can see tears mm -hmm. in his eyes. Like, they don't fall. Yeah. And that's almost an even more masterful way to do crying, where it's just like, Hold it back, hold it back, hold it back. And he does this, like, you know, that, like, I'm yeah. about to cry smile that people do. Yeah. It's and then so he also, like, clenches his jaw right at the end. Too. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, he's just holding it in. Uh, something I, like, when you were talking about the way that Superman is portrayed and stuff like that, I read something pretty recently that strikes a chord with me. It's, like, something about the fact that DC doesn't know what to do with Superman to make so a successful mad movie. About that, dude. that is bullshit. I'm so that's mad them, about that. That's them being lazy is what that is. Yep. It, 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 one, you're, you're, it, you're exactly 100% right. It is them being lazy because all DC ever does at DC Warner Brothers is they look at it and they go, uh, we need to make a movie and we want to use the DC property. Uh, oh, the best-selling superhero of all time is Batman. So let's just do something Batman-related. We'll do a Batman show. Uh, oh, what? Why don't we do a series about Alfred before he even knew the Waynes? Or, or why don't we do like a a show about Gotham with no Batman in it at all? And we'll do an animated Harley Quinn show. And we'll, like, so like the entire DC universe is like right now just Batman adjacent or Batman centric. And they right. have so many other really cool characters. And I'm sorry, but the main Trinity is called a Trinity for a reason. Right. There's three of them. Explore all three of them. Wonder Woman 2's trailer comes out tomorrow. Or Wonder mm. Woman 84. Super excited for it. I bet you it's going to be awesome. But we don't get a Superman? Yeah, yeah. And, and all the quotes of... we should, My Superman ranting can go on forever. But all the quotes that followed all those article links are... Really? You can't think of a Superman story? A uh, refugee immigrant who is kind of an illegal alien? Literally? 
who goes up against a narcissistic megalomaniac billionaire who at one point in time was fucking president and does his best to reverse the atrocities of this fucking madman. Yeah, that's really hard to write in today's climate. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, it it just it wouldn't be smart to write about that if Hillary Clinton were in uh in the in the Oval Office, but um because Epstein did not kill himself, but uh kill himself. Release the Snyder cut. Oh, did you yeah. hear about that? That's the newest rumor, by the way. <laughs> it's not is a that, actually um, So uh, if, if if you guys aren't aware, it's not like a DC show podcast, but it is definitely a DC property. Um, DC Universe is like their streaming site, and you get the comic books and everything. I think that's failing, but I think mm-hmm. it's going to be all wrapped up in HBO's new streaming service, which will be called HBO Max, which will be HBO... And all of Warner Brothers, I think all of Warner Brothers, all of DC. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be like an, an amalgam of HBO Time Warner stuff. And the rumor is that one of the things that's going to launch when that launches is the Snyder Cut. That would be pretty interesting. They're saying we're going to launch with it because, I mean, if you look at the last week or two, and I know people are going to hate the Snyder Cut and feel free to leave us voice messages on Anchor, uh, which you can do, by the way, and we love them. Feel free to uh, hit us up uh, at Save Us Pod uh, on Twitter. Uh, what's the email, Paul? The email is saveuspod at gmail.com. So hit us up on any of that. If you want to send us hate mail about the fact that I want the Snyder Cut, go right ahead. But that's the rumor because of the last two or three weeks, you had every cast member, minus Henry Cavill, but that's because he's fighting with Warner Brothers in DC about whether or not he still gets to be Superman. But you right. had Aquaman, Cyborg, Wonder Woman. Oh, the Flash didn't either, actually. Um, right. And, and even Ben Affleck. All of them tweet, release the Snyder Cut. All yeah. of them. Uh, Momoa and Gal Gadot have gone on. Or And, and um, shoot, I never remember uh, Cyborg's name. I follow him on Twitter, though. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. All of them admit to having seen it. And then a week later, Zack Snyder. Zack Snyder? Yeah. yeah. There's two, sorry. There's a, like a, a Snyder that writes in the comics too. I get them mixed up all the time. Um, mm. Tom Snyder, I think. Uh, but he tweets out a picture of the Snyder cut in like the big film reel canisters with the release. Um, uh, release yeah. the Snyder cut and saying, yeah, of course it exists. Yeah. So, the rumor is that like HBO and DC are kind of working behind the scenes, maybe letting him finish it. Like give like, here's, here's a couple million dollars finished the right. effect you needed to, because it was pretty much o- almost done and saying like, it's going to be a launch and which would be perfect for home watching because apparently it's three and a half hours long. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. If you're going to release a big cut like that, uh, and you're, and you need the, the money to finish it, Hopefully they'd give him that so that, you know, if that was his, his original artistic vision, it's going to be the best version of the movie. Yeah. Oh, by you'd far. Hope. If, you'd hope. I'll tell you this right now. If, and I understand people didn't like Batman V Superman. I totally get it. I totally understand why. And I totally get all the criticisms, but if you haven't seen the director's cut, the extended director's cut, Batman V Superman ultimate uh, cut, you're really doing yourself a disservice because there is a lot of extra material in there that fills up a lot of plot points. 
Yes. It makes that movie is it makes the continuity. It makes so much more sense, and you get an understanding of like there was a legitimate evil plot from the very first scene all the way through the end, manufactured by Lex Luthor. But mm. you don't get that continuity if you watch just the theatrical version. So I understand why a lot of people are mad. It is still slow. It's slow and plotting storytelling, but I kind of like that. Um, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. But yeah, um, I guess we've got another episode coming oh, out. Oh yeah, that was it. That was fun. So again, yeah. we'll uh, I guess do the uh, Twitter poll with this show. So look for that. That'll be fun. Something new. Um, we, oh, we have a Patreon too, but I don't know the link. Give me two seconds here. I am on my computer. Uh, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure it's just patreoncom slash pod. Uh, you are probably correct. I'm, or save us. I'm not sure. It is patreoncom slash pod. Yes, you are correct. So we have one there. Um, like we're, we're not really pushing it because we're still pretty new, like literally no patrons. Um, yeah. uh, but if that's something you feel like you want to do, go right ahead. The money will obviously go to the show. Um, unless somehow we become a rip roaring success and then some of the money will go to me and Paul <laughs> just yeah. naturally. That's the way it works. Um, but until that time, like, yeah, just know that it's there. We'd actually at this point in time really prefer just engagement from you guys like hit us up with questions hit us up with opinions hit us up with uh things that you hey man if you guys want to criticize smallville go right ahead we, we'd actually we, i mean a little adversity never hurt if you guys want to give us tips on how to improve that would be great so in essence you guys could be the ones that save us yeah you could save us the uh, the, something that I wanted to maybe do is right as we get to the end of the season, uh, episode 21 is the final episode of season one. Uh, I would like to maybe suggest that maybe our poll for that would, week would be a 21 episode poll where we rate what is the best episode of season one? Ooh, that would be hard. I don't think Twitter lets you have that many. Oh, yeah. but you can do Patreon polls. You can do Patreon mm -hmm. polls. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. maybe I'll so maybe look into it that. that way. We might have to do it that way. Um, or we could even narrow it down. Even if we had to, we could go like top, top 10. five. We, me and you could figure out a top five and then throw it up there. And then people can figure that out on, right. on, on the Twitter. Um, yeah. I think that's it. Epis favorite episode of the show. And then favorite episode of the podcast. Um, Cause not all of those are the same. Cause I think some of our best shows are the worst episodes. Um, probably, probably. I don't know. I think we're. I, I, I personally, I think we have a lot of fun with it now, and I think we're kind of growing into it, and maybe not taking it as seriously as we were before. And I think that's kind of beneficial. Yeah, um, I mean, there's, but again, there are podcasts like that out there. If you want a serious superhero podcast, there's many of them. <laughs> I mean. We, but we, I mean, well, I think we're a good balance because we do get yeah. serious about things. We break down performances. We break down set design, stuff like that. Um, we, we just throw in, I think, fairly decent jokes every once in a while, but they might just right. be horrible. And, and, and one day we'll have to apologize in a public area. Yeah. Yeah. It happens. Hey, ladies and gentlemen. So uh, me and Paul are, are morons. Well, actually, no, I'm a moron. Paul is smart. I 
ranted about the Snyder Cut for 10 minutes and Paul was trying to get in so he could uh, do what Paul does. Paul, what happens on the next episode of Smallville? On the next episode of Smallville, episode 17, Reaper, Angel of Mercy or Death, after a kryptonite-related incident gives a young man the ability to kill via mere touch, he sets out to use his newfound power on people who are gravely ill. It's an episode. It is. It is an episode of the show. The most interesting things about that episode are what carry over from this episode. Yes. But uh, that's it. All right. So if I do my job correctly, I will splice this extra minute into the podcast in a way that will be obvious only because I'm referring to it right now. Otherwise, (laughs) it should still end on me saying, until next time, somebody save us. Ladies and gentlemen, until next time, somebody save us.